and welcome to the ID Talk podcast. My name is Peter Counter, and I am the editor-in-chief of Fine Biometrics and Mobile ID World, where we are reporting constantly on the rapidly evolving biometric security space, which is playing an important role in keeping the world safe and secure as we return to the office. That's why, on this security-focused episode of the podcast, I am excited to present Fine Biometrics founder Peter O'Neill in conversation with J.J. Baird. Director of Engineering and Operations, North America, for IDEMIA. Their conversation begins on the state of physical access in 2021 and the new enterprise security landscape presented by the coronavirus pandemic. They talk about emerging markets and the importance of standards and interoperability in the security space before turning to some practical questions regarding biometric implementation. All of that and more is in store, so let's get straight to it. Without further ado, here is Fine Biometrics founder Peter O'Neill in conversation with Idemia's JJ Baird, right here on the ID Talk podcast. Hello and welcome to the ID Talk podcast. My name is Peter O'Neill and I am the founder of Fine Biometrics and Mobile ID World. Today, my guest is JJ Baird, Director of Engineering and Operations at IDEMIA. Welcome, JJ. Thank you so much, Peter, and, and thanks for having us here today. We really appreciate it. You're very welcome. And I'd like to kick off our conversation today talking a little bit about uh, this past year and biometric access control. Um, How has the biometric physical access market changed during the pandemic to meet the needs of enterprises? So as you know, the use of biometric technology is already prolific in everyday, everyday life, ranging from smartphones that require fingerprints for identification to border control systems with facial recognition technology. And all of that we've kind of seen continue um, as the pandemic went through. Uh, market projection, projections of, bio, of the biometric industry uh, seems to have estimated to reach around 28.83 billion by 2027, uh, driven not only by developments in the healthcare industry, but demand for high levels of security in private, commercial, and public establishments. And as countries have started to recover from the pandemic and cautiously open offices and spaces, some employees uh, have expressed hesitancy in returning to work due to multiple contact points at entry. Uh, Employers therefore face the challenge of keeping their workers safe not only when transitioning in and out of a workplace, but even between spaces. And many of the owners of enterprise level buildings uh, that must remain open during the pandemic are considered upgrading, have considered upgrading their uh, existing biometric equipment to frictionless alternatives that involve biometrics, which brings more security and more convenience than the traditional access control methods that have existed like the simple badges um, or even contact biometric uh, devices or, or badges. So in, in this uh, new normal, uh, we've seen that facial recognition technology, for example, offers an effective solution to these issues and uh, can be combined with other tools and technology to enhance the overall building and space security. 
um, and it gives us uh, advanced metrics for identification while allowing better hygiene practices and increase in convenience and efficiency by being able to scan more people in less time. Um, and these benefits will have the potential to transform workspaces uh, into safe and healthy areas that will positively affect worker output and productivity. You know, it's very interesting, JJ, when I hear you talk about the the valuations, the, the where the marketplace will go, having been in the market for uh, the 20 years, been following the biometric space, to hear those kinds of numbers is, is quite remarkable and, and couldn't agree more. You know, it, it's interesting you mentioned healthcare. Um, we did a, a, a podcast with uh, and, and, a, and a webinar with the HIMS group earlier this year. It's a marketplace I've been following actively for, for several years now because they're a fair bit behind you know, financial services and, and physical access and generally. So nice to hear that you're, you're mentioning that marketplace as well. And now these changes have coincided with a period of widespread digitization for businesses of basically all sizes. What new challenges have emerged for organizations that rely on physical security and do biometrics offer a solution? So I think IT departments have certainly had some sleepless nights um, since the pandemic started. You know, there's so many things that are out of their control nowadays um, where they used to control everything where people were controlled who actually get access to the building. And then from there, they knew, okay, at this point, if they're in the building now, they can get access to network resources. Um, but that first part of things have kind of started to fall away. And we've seen that biometrics offer the perfect solution here in terms of security, convenience, um, and hygiene, uh, where we're seeing biometrics not, not just being used for physical access, but also for logical access, multi-factor. So I'm sure all of you have seen this before. If you open up your phone and you want to gain access, to your company's network. Um, there's usually some multi-factor application that you have to open to put in some codes, give you one-time pins. And uh, we've even seen some customers integrate biometric checks alongside um, these uh, multi-factor or OTP type solutions. But it is interesting to note that logical access control has been growing uh, in parallel to physical access control. And we can really separate this into two main categories. The first one is the access to the normal operating system and its features. So when you open up your computer, you want to log into Windows, um, you have your, your onboard, uh, uh, onboard webcam or some integrated biometric sensor um, on your laptop. And we've been seeing big companies and, and hardware brands um, use this for some time now. But the second one, and this is the one where we're seeing the growth now, is uh, application-based log logical access, uh, which are used to control strategic points um, of the identity of users uh, to protect access to strategic resources. So user can verify their fingerprints on a USB reader connected to their workstation uh, for single sign-on or to digitally sign documents or critical operations. So where we see this actually being used the most um, is in places like the banking or the insurance sector where there's massive transactions being signed off on. And we wanna make sure that the person that's authorizing these transactions is the actual uh, person 
and not just their credential or password um, that's being verified. So a reader like our MSO 1350, for example, which is also widely used in the Middle East region, even combines uh, things like a card reader uh, for an EID or corporate access card and a fingerprint sensor to enable multi-factor authentication where it's actually reading that uh, fingerprint information from the card itself. And so we're seeing you know, biometric technology becoming more and more popular. And uh, it's uh, one of the huge reasons why we've collectively become comfortable with using biometrics as a society. Now, now, some markets are always a bit ahead of the curve in adoption of biometrics. Uh, financial services comes to mind and, and new, new identity technologies. What markets are most enthusiastically adopting biometrics for physical access today? And where do you see it catching on next? I, I found your, confer, uh, con, your conversation about you know, uh, real estate, legal insurance, and the digital signing fascinating. Uh, where do you see it catching on next? So... Uh, some markets, as you know, are already mature, such as the government and, and data, data centers, um, uh, especially within uh, environments where there's a lot of regulation related to what they are supposed to do and what they cannot do. Uh, we're definitely seeing a lot of biometrics, for example, in military bases and several administrative buildings, they've been using biometrics for decades now. And any, any end user that has a strong need to secure their facility, whether they're attempting to protect highly confidential or classified data, uh, whether they're securing uh, extremely expensive equipment, um, or if they're especially vulnerable to attacks from intruders um, or required by law, as I said, to meet certain minimum security requirements, these facilities usually already have biometric readers. But at Idemia, we approach market through a partner channel. Uh, we do not sell directly to end users. And uh, that includes a, a wide variety, both of, on the private and public sector, such as airports, uh, production plants, hospitals, universities, head offices, uh, especially banks are, are a huge adopter, telecom operators, as we said, insurance companies. Um, there's a really big variety of markets and, and we don't just zoom on just one. But where I have seen, um, and going back to your question, <laughs> is where, where I have seen a lot of uptake in biometrics is in the tech sector. Um, so your large tech companies, I, I I'm not at liberty to give any names, unfortunately, but uh, we're definitely seeing more of a need for these large tech companies uh, to start protecting their employees um, in their facilities, because unfortunately, we are seeing more of these uh, active shooter type threats um, in the workplace and uh, physical security has really become very important uh, for these organizations that seem to be more vulnerable than others. And Idemia, you know, does not only offer physical access solutions, but also offer video analytics uh, for biometrics uh, in our augmented vision platform uh, with both live and post-event analysis uh, to help curb some of these events and uh, detect bad actors even before they enter the door. Well, and speaking of bad actors, you know, when you mentioned data centers, you know, the, the gas attack, the food distribution attacks, and you know, it must be so critical these days uh, from a physical access standpoint to make sure that the data centers themselves are, are rock solid. So fascinating to see how the pandemic has really escalated a lot of these trends that we've been seeing in our, in our identity industry over the past uh, many, many years.
Did you know that Idemia invented frictionless biometric access? In 2015, Idemia unveiled the first 3D touchless fingerprint reader, MorphoWave. Cut to present day, and the next generation MorphoWave is found wherever high security meets high throughput. Why do security professionals choose MorphoWave technology by Idemia? Convenience for a start. Users are positively identified with a simple wave of the hand. Then there's the compatibility with multi-factor authentication and ease of deployment. Finally, it's friendly. MorphoWave's high-speed touchless acquisition allows users to remain in motion while their identity is verified. Employees and visitors alike will find this security measure quick and non-intrusive. For a look at the next wave in frictionless biometric access control, visit idemia.com. And now, back to the podcast. like to do now, uh, JJ, is shift the conversation a bit to uh, privacy, interoperability, things like that. And what role do you think standards play in the biometric security space? And why is it important to foster a culture of interoperability when it comes to security? Uh, there's actually quite a few standards that are applicable when it comes to biometrics and even physical access control in particular, we're starting to see the emergence of more and more standards um, start coming out, not just for biometrics, but the, the, the security industry as a whole. And there's a couple of areas that we can really look at. The first part is biometric performance. So how do we standardize biometric performance and how do we create a standard for the way that we measure biometric performance? And IDEMIA actually works closely with the National Institute of Standards and Technology here in the United States, um, also just abbreviated to NIST, uh, where we submit our hardware and algorithms for both interoperability testing as well as performance testing. And this really creates a level testing ground to test various hardware against one another, but also show how the various interoperable biometric templates fare based on the hardware and algorithms used. And Idemia is proud to announce that we have more number one positions on NIST than any other of our competitors do. Um, so it's important then uh, for, for biometric templates to have some sort of standards for interoperability so that if I scan or use one brand of biometric device that that same biometric can use, uh, that same biometric can be used on another brand of biometric devices as well. The other standards we work on um, are with organizations like the PSIA, uh, the Physical Security and Interoperability Alliance, as well as SIA. Um, and I'm actually the, the technical chair for a standards organization here in the US, uh, which is the PLAY standard that deals with how do we share data between um, access-based systems. So this includes visitor management systems, identity management systems, biometric systems, um, and then in particular, um, PACS systems. Um, and we've recently released a new profile in this play specification uh, that deals with the sharing of biometric information between these various types of systems. So we created a standard that ensures that one system can share data with another system um, uh, without uh, doing a, a lot of different work and creating specific integrations with specific um, vendors and specific brands. 
And so we're also seeing advances in various standards related to uh, mobile credentials now with uh, things like the uh, PKOC or Peacock. It's uh, short for the public credential, um, public key open credential uh, with interest from the largest industry players that actually play in that market. And then as you've seen, OSDP has also started to gain more traction and uh, we've now starting to hear more about OSDP request every day in every meeting that we have with customers. So it's, it's interesting to see where it starts and it's all quiet and then you start seeing market adoption and it becomes part of your everyday life. And it's really good to see that standards within the biometric and within the access control space um, has really started to take off and it's really starting to also be embraced by the various players that are in our market. And when it comes to why is it important, I think there's, you know, we, we, could, we could almost spend an entire session talking about why are our standards important and or, or interoperability important when it comes to security. But one of the things that I always say is, it makes it cheaper for the customer because there's less proprietary solutions and, and less uh, creating integrations into very specific type of systems. So if you look at Idemia uh, specifically, for example, we have to create integrations into every single PAX partner that we work with. So that's obviously a cost for every single PAX partner that we work with to create a specific integration into their specific systems um, and standards immediately do away with that. The other thing is security. Some people might look at it and say, oh, but everyone now knows what that security system looks like. So it maybe is easily fooled, but it's actually quite the opposite. There's so many more eyes and so many more brains and so many more people, not just looking at it when it's designed, but also critiquing the design of these security solutions um, that at the end of the day, we end up with more secure solutions that are more widely accepted by um, the market as well as our customers. And so our technology is completely interoperable, modular, and uh, able to integrate with other devices in different use cases. Um, and uh, our technology are also used part of much larger projects such as gates, CCTV uh, for community areas or industrial sites. No matter how big a project, it all starts with positively identifying users. Um, and then interoperability is important to guarantee the accuracy of contactless devices as well, working with uh, legacy databases. So for example, in 2019, um, IDEMIA carried out the interoperability assessment of 2019 called contactless to contact fingerprint capture. And this was a study where the objective was to test how well touchless systems actually work with uh, legacy databases. NIST tested six sold contactless uh, fingerprint scanning technologies by comparing how they fared with conventional touch-based fingerprint devices. The results show that contactless devices that scanned multiple fingers consistently achieved better accuracy than single finger, finger scanning um, and made less false positive errors than incorrectly, uh, that incorrectly matched a person's print with someone else. And the testing with our hardware, the MorphoWave, uh, which already un underpins the currently sold uh, MorphoWave, works well with legacy touch fingerprint scanners and other contactless solutions alike. It also highlights that this technology enables extremely efficient contactless fingerprint capture and matching against existing contact-based fingerprint databases. 
Well, you mentioned the Morpho Wave, and I've got to tell you, it's one of my favorite products in the biometric industry. I remember vividly the first time I ever saw it. It was at an ISC West show in Vegas, probably, oh, six or seven years ago. Was that when, when it was launched? And couldn't believe how fast it was and, and how far, uh, you know, the technology had come. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, and it also leads into, uh, you talked a little bit about legacy systems. And, 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 and thinking back over the years, one of the biggest obstacles uh, to adoption has been the cost of replacing legacy systems. Is that upgrade hurdle still a challenge? And, and what, what's, the, what's the modern day experience like? So the cost of biometric solutions are definitely still higher than your traditional card-based access solutions. But what our customers are starting to see is that the ROI on these solutions are definitely outweighing the costs. So you're not only saving the costs on physical credentials, but also the costs to maintain and replace them. And you're also gaining that frictionless experience. And the frictionless experience means that less people try to circumvent security. Um, and that circumvention of security or the loopholes that are essentially created to get around things like people forgetting their cards or losing their pin or lo losing their cards or forgetting their pins or at the same um, or, or sharing their credential with someone um, is completely eliminated. Uh, thus, these th thus protecting these things that they try to secure the most um, by get, giving value to that. And in the same time, uh, giving the user a faster and more convenient experience. Uh, some organizations are using the technology even to secure talent for the organization. So we're seeing this a lot at places like colleges um, where they might be bringing in uh, some, some players for a particular sport. And as part of their uh, demo of the college to these students, they say, well, you know, look, we're using the latest and greatest in biometric technology as a differentiating factor um, for their experience. And if we talk about the, the modern deployment experience uh, for biometric access, the experience is very similar. Uh, to that of your PAX vendor. So if, if you've recently gone through an experience of deploying a uh, physical access control solution, um, it's very similar to that. We do not sell directly to end users, as I've mentioned, and work through a series of channel partners and work with integrators. Idemia provides full assistance to our partners, integrators, and end users through sales engineering, support, and services. So we've got various services and support uh, to ensure that the biometric deployment is as smooth and as easy uh, right from the beginning all the way to the end uh, where the customer actually has the readers up and running and people are gaining access from a day-to-day -day basis. So we've really tried to make it easy and add additional um, resources and people that make the process easy. When you were commenting on the standards earlier, you mentioned SIA, and I yep. sit on the Data Privacy Advisory Board for SIA. And as privacy regulations continue to develop, the and public perception around identity management continues to focus on user data protection, we are increasingly seeing a spotlight shine on the privacy enhancing aspects of biometrics. What should a decision maker look for in a biometric solution when it comes to protecting user privacy? So I think the important thing is 
when you're looking for a vendor out there uh, that's going to provide your solution, look for an organization that's keeping up to date with the latest requirements related to biometric security and privacy. When we talk about things like GDPR, um, you know, there's various facets related to user privacy. Everyone has their role to play in protecting user information. It's not just, the onus is not just on the manufacturer of the biometric hardware or the customer or the person actually implementing the solution. There is shared responsibility all the way down. And it's important to work with an organization that knows uh, and that has gone through these things and knows who is responsible for what to make sure that the customer remains in compliance. Um, and it's also important that the biometric solution provides you with the tools that you need to understand what needs to be secured and what needs to be configured based on the data that's actually being stored and how the data is being stored. Um, individual biometric data like fingerprints or face are not stored by Demia, for example. Uh, we do not store any images related to anyone's uh, actual fingers or face. And the data that we store is uh, reduced and changed into biometric point characters uh, with their own template and biometric code. And this is then in turn, again, secured before processing. And that uh, data that's actually stored can never be reverse engineered back into the original images ever again. Um, only companies which install these devices have highly secure access to this data pursuant to the current regulations. So we do not, as Idemia, have any access to our customer data at all. Um, all of our solutions are primarily on-prem and belong to the organizations that store them. And uh, we firmly believe that people need to know how their data is used, how long it's saved, um, why privacy by design solutions ensure that private data does not leak from government authorized environments, for example. And it serves to note that it's physically impossible, as I said before, to recreate the, Im the image of the fingerprints or face or iris from the template that we create, as templates only keep specific points and discard all, all other information from the original image. Um, our solution uses advanced encryption methodology to ensure the safety of the system. JJ, thank you very much for covering off those critically important points. Privacy is such an important topic these days, and I'm really happy to hear that IDEMI is doing all that it is to, to secure all of that. Every day, customers and employees trust that they will be safe as they go about their lives. As a business owner and employer, how do you live up to that trust? You choose a partner who has earned the public's trust. With more than 40 years of experience in biometrics, Idemia is the undisputed leader in biometric security systems. Their algorithms and sensor technologies, combined with their end product design and manufacturing expertise, make them the partner of choice for the most prestigious organizations. Idemia solutions, encompassing contact and touchless biometric readers, have been deployed in more industries and more challenging environments than any other vendor's solutions. Visit idemia.com today for a look at the next wave in frictionless biometric access control. And now, back to the podcast. And, and now I'd like to change the focus again on our discussion 
and talk a little bit about the future. A new authentication factors like mobile IDs and wearable credentials are constantly being introduced to an already varied security landscape. Where do biometrics fit in as the security industry continues to grow along these new innovations in identity? So the, the core message related to biometrics, I think still remains unchanged. Whether it's a wearable or a mobile credentials, uh, these technologies do not identify the actual person holding the credential, but rather the credential itself. So this means that these things can still be borrowed, they can still be lost, they can still be stolen. And But in saying that, these credentials are certainly adding more layers of security and convenience. And as Idemia, we've also made a concerted effort to ensure we integrate with these solutions because we're saying, uh, you know, biometrics is definitely the better solution, but you can also enhance the security by combining them with biometrics to create a two or three factor authentication solution. And so we've recently rele released new variants of both our MorphoWave as well as our Vision Pass um, that can, for example, read the mobile credentials uh, from HID and that can be combined with biometric authentication um, or used as a single factor or combined with pins. So we, we give customer the option of choice. And I think it's definitely important for us to embrace constant advancement in security uh, because these make our security, our facilities more convenient and more secure at the same time. Well, and it's such an exciting time to be in our industry, JJ. I'm sure you're, you're feeling that as well. And part of the digital transformation that we were talking about a little bit earlier is an increasing enthusiasm for converged security in which physical and logical access combine to give users a unified security experience online and offline. How do you expect biometric access to evolve as converged security continues to catch on? We're already seeing that IT security and physical security teams are being merged. Um, and the largest part of a physical security project nowadays are actually working with the IT or cybersecurity department. And I think we're getting closer every single day to that position where we're going to see a merge between physical and log logical access uh, for both biometrics and physical access credentials. And we're seeing this trend actually in some markets already, we're actually seeing it in manufacturing where the same biometric credential that's being used to give an employee access at the door um, is the same credential that's being used at the machine before they actually start the machine up to authenticate and make sure that it's the correct person actually operating um, this piece of manufacturing equipment. And we see that as well in highly regulated environments like pharmaceuticals, uh, where we only allow people to log into the IT infrastructure once we've actually confirmed that they've entered the building. And so we're seeing more and more this line between physical and logical access control is being blurred, and the teams that are used to manage them are becoming more converged as well. Um, where they're starting to become single teams uh, that's managing security as a whole and not just physical or, or IT-based security. And, you know, JJ, as you were describing all that, my mind was just racing ahead, you know, the manufacturing pharma, but <clears throat> also, as we talked earlier, healthcare and, and airports and guest services, stadiums. 
I see it almost everywhere. And, and I think the pandemic again has just escalated this urgent need to get, a, to get moving ahead quickly. Absolutely. And finally, how can listeners get in touch with you to learn more about what we have discussed during this episode? So you're more than welcome to send me an email um, at jj.baird at idemia.com. Uh, you can also go on our website, uh, www.idemia.com. And we actually have a website dedicated to our access control devices, which is biometricdevices.idemia.com. So you're uh, more than welcome to go visit all of these resources. We've got very interesting marketing materials. We've got videos. Uh, also, do feel free to join our LinkedIn group. Uh, we've actually got a special LinkedIn group. Uh, just apply to actually get access to it. And uh, we share a lot of informa exciting information, not just related to Idemia products, but to the whole biometric industry as a whole um, on that LinkedIn page there. JJ, it has been my pleasure speaking with you today, and I really hope we get a chance to meet in person very soon. Same. Thanks, Peter. And so concludes our conversation with JJ Baird, Director of Engineering and Operations for North America at IDEMIA. To learn more about the topics discussed in this episode, visit idemia.com. I'd like to thank JJ again for joining us today, and thank you to Peter O'Neill for conducting the interview. Our podcast theme music is by Logamrad. I have been your host, Peter Counter. Thank you for listening to the ID Talk podcast. Mm -hmm.